Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Before I get started, I just want to reiterate what Brother Emmanuel was saying. I ask you to make an effort, whatever God has put in your heart, to bless Pastor. Um, so, whatever God puts in your heart, we need all the help that we can get that day. So, if you're willing to help, please let me know. Setting up, we need help cleaning after. If we can do that and get enough help where a lot of people don't have to stay here for a long time, please let us know. You may be seated. I'm going to be a little, I'm not going to read my scripture till. I have my iPad, but then I don't really, I trust electronics, but I don't. So then I just print it out just in case. I'm just, I don't trust the battery, but there was a song that I started listening to, it's been a a few weeks ago, and all it said was, he knows my name. I don't know if you heard it, Tasha Cobbs and Jimmy, they sing it, and as I just kept listening, kept listening, kept listening, and the words were just captivating me because I didn't really think before, but I started thinking, he knows my name. And I started searching, and all the song says is that he knows my name. And then it goes, how he walks with me, how he talks with me. How he tells me that I'm his own. How he comforts me. How he counsels me. But it still amazes me that he calls me his friend. And and I started reading and searching. And then pastor last week said, you want to bring the word? I said, yeah. I've been listening to this song and there's just something about it. I just don't know. I know it was for me, but there's somebody in here that needs to hear this. And my title is just, He Knows Your Name. Because we all were given a name when we were born. I said, we all were given a name. When you were born, you got a name. And you were born into a specific family. And I'm pretty sure in that family, you got a nickname. Each and every one of us has a nickname. And there's some of you that got names that you do not like. So you abbreviate them. So if you talk to people and they know me by Willie, that is because they've worked with me. Now you know people that call me William, Brother Ramos, Brother William. That's because I go to church with them. Now, you people that know me by junior, then I've known them for a long time. And that's the different nicknames. Some people are not happy. But nonetheless, everyone likes to be known by their name. 
It shows intimacy. How many like it when they address you by your name? They don't just say, hey, hey you, but they know your name. We all like that. It shows that they put some effort to know who you are. They took some time to ask somebody, what's his name? And they called you by your name. But in the days that we live in, unfortunately, most of us are known by a number. When you go fill out your taxes or you do anything, you've got to know your social security number. They know you by the number, not by the name, by the number. You, your license, by a number. When I worked for the railroad, I was ENGF388. That's why my, my Yahoo's like that. I was Engineering 388. They, they, my name was William, but on my paycheck and where I put my time, it was ENGF388. I was known by a number. You need to know your ID by heart today. When you do anything. So we become numbers to people. This is who we are. To most people, just a number. It's it's that's not personal. Is that personal to you? That's not personal just being known as a number. Because it shows that they didn't make no effort to get to know what your name is. And even if they knew your name, are they willing to spend the time with you to get to know you better? I don't think so. Most of the time, they just want something. They want to get to know you. So if I go, or any of us goes to the bank, we're going to get a loan for anything. Are they going to address you? If I walk in and I go see a person, they're going to address me as Mr. Ramos. They're not going to call me, hey, William, Willie. They're going to call me Mr. Ramos. Why? Because they're formal and I have no relationship with them. That's why. They have no effort in finding out who I am, what kind of person I am. So whatever I get, apply for, any loan, it's not going to be based on who I am. It's going to be based on my numbers, on my income, on my deductions. Whatever the numbers add up, that's going to make the decision of you getting approved or not. It's not by who you are. And I understand it, it, that, that is the way for us right now as humans. We cannot have a relationship with everybody. Why? It's impossible. It's impossible for you to have a relationship with everybody in this world. So that's why numbers helps manage people when you come in contact with. That's why they use numbers. But let me tell you this. But with Jesus, it's a totally different story. I said, with Jesus, it's a totally different story. Why? Because with Jesus, we're just not at another number. 
We're not another name. He knows who we are. I said he knows who we are. He knows our name and he knows us. He knows our innermost being. And tonight I'm going to take you and we're going to look at somebody in the Bible tonight. Somebody that Jesus knew his name. And that made the biggest difference in his life. Because I want you, whoever this message is for, to know what it means when he knows your name. In Luke 19, 1 through 10, and I'm using the Amplified Classic. It says, and Jesus entered in Jericho and was passing through it. And there was a man called Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he was trying to see Jesus, which one he was. But he could not on account of the crowd, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down, and he received and welcomed him joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all muttered among themselves and digitally complained, he has gone in to be the guest of and lodge with a man who is devoted to sin and preeminently a sinner. So then Zacchaeus stood up and solemnly declared to the Lord, See, Lord, the half of my goods I now give by the way of restoration to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I restore four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today is Messiah spiritual salvation come to all the members of this household. Zacchaeus, too, is real spiritual son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Who was Zacchaeus? His name was Zacchaeus, and by that, he was a Jew. He was a Jew who lived near Jericho. And that his name means pure one. He was a director of the tax collectors. And the King James Version says he was chief among the publicans, principal tax gatherer. So in the Greek term, it indicates to us that Zacchaeus was a tax commissioner over the district of Jericho. That means he would have had to purchase that position from the Roman authorities. The local Jews hated and disliked those who worked for Rome. They often, if not always, they always overtaxed them. Because that's how they made their money. That's how the tax collectors made their money. So, you see, a tax collector would usually, if you look at the history of tax collectors in the Roman, they used to use Jews. So what it was is they used to get the Jews to be tax collectors with no salary. They wouldn't pay them a salary. They would have them collect taxes and they would give them an amount to collect. And they would, so whatever they collected over that amount, 
they got to keep. So you understand why they cheated everybody. Whatever they made over, they, get, they got to keep as their pay. And if anyone declined to pay taxes or they assaulted the tax commissioner or the tax collector, they would summon the Roman soldiers to come and they would punish them the way they would punish them. So they had protection. But now, as I said before, he was the director of tax collectors. But you see, the Bible said he was rich. Why? Because not only did he collect taxes and kept whatever he collected, whatever he made over, but he was the, that means he had tax collectors under him. So that means he got part of their pay. That's why he was so rich. And so he was a very powerful man. He was a very rich man. But now the gospel, what we read, tells us something else. And I believe this is a very important. But we often just take it. And I was reading this. It said Zacchaeus, and I, a lot of Sunday school remember the Zacchaeus song. It was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. He was a very short guy. He was small in stature. So he was short. But I was like, oh, they're mentioning that just so that they can, the part of that he climbed the tree. Well, he climbed, he climbed the tree because he was short. But I'll explain later why I think it was, there was something else behind that. Now, what did he do? He wanted to see Jesus. Now, you remember, Zacchaeus is a Jew. He grew up knowing about the prophesied Messiah. He grew up, he was a tax collector. And I'm pretty sure he heard the stories. As you know, Joseph and Mary were going to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. He must have heard down the grapevine there that the baby was born. And he knew all what the prophets had said because he was a Jew. He couldn't see him because of the crowd, because of his, his size. And more than likely, people saw him trying to see Jesus, but they blocked him on purpose. Remember, they didn't like tax collectors. So even if he tried to go somewhere else into a gap, they probably moved over to block him. They hated him because of who he was. He knew everything. He heard about Jesus. He heard about a man doing miracles, healing the sick. All he wanted to do was, I want to see the man. But nobody, nobody gave him the chance to. Because after all, he was the tax collector. All he would do was cheat and steal. Then he climbed the tree. And Jesus called unto him and told him he wanted to go to his house and stay. Now here comes the thing. 
that Zacchaeus was glad to welcome Jesus into his home. Because if we look at verse 6 again, he said, So he hurried and came down and received and welcomed him joyfully. Now let's notice what the crowd does. They started voicing their opinions. They started getting angry that Jesus would even want to go to a house of a sinner. That Jesus would even ask that or tell him that. Tax collectors, being a Jew, they were outcast. So when I was reading up, it said, more than likely, Zacchaeus hadn't been in the temple for a long time. He wasn't welcome there. He wasn't welcome to do anything in the temple because he was a tax collector. They wouldn't accept his money there because it was tainted. It was dirty money to them. He was excluded from all fellowship in the temple, in the synagogue. He couldn't even serve as a witness in any court in Israel. Because the rabbi and the people, they rejected them. And we know how the Pharisees were. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. They didn't want to lower, down, lower themselves down to, to his level. But now, tonight, I want us to see what it meant for Jesus to know Zacchaeus' name. First of all, Jesus knows who we are. Even if we hide, he knows where we are. In verse 4 it says, so he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass. So Jesus knows where you are. As Zacchaeus, he was hiding in the tree. When Jesus and the crowd, they came. So you got to think about it. I've always thought, well, there was a tree there and the crowd. and he climbed. It says he ran ahead. Wherever Jesus was going to pass, he ran ahead and went to the tree. So he hid himself. Why? How can a man of his stature, a man as powerful as him, be hiding in a tree? He didn't want anybody see, to see him go up the tree because he's a tax collector. He's a powerful man. He's a rich man. So he went on ahead and he hid in the tree. If they would have saw him, they would have opened up. They would have made fun of him. They would have called him names. But he was hiding. He just wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. He was happy just to get a glimpse of the man. Of Jesus. Just a glimpse. That's all he was happy for. Just seeing Jesus from the tree. Seeing Jesus from a distance. But then Jesus did something that was not expected. As he got there, he got to the tree. He stopped. In verse 5, and when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And by doing this, Jesus recognized that he knew where Zac Zac Zacchaeus was. 
In other words, he told Zacchaeus, you can't hide from me. You can't act like you're invisible. I know where you're at. He knew he was in the tree. The people got, the people didn't know. They were right there. Either they didn't know, and if they do, they chose not to acknowledge it. But when Jesus got there, it says he looked up and he saw him and told him to come down. I don't know if the crowd missed him or they just ignored him. But Jesus did it. Jesus saw him. Jesus chose to stand still under that tree and look up and look at him. Why? Jesus knew where he was. But not just that. Jesus knew what situation he was in. Jesus knew his past. Jesus knew his childhood. Jesus knew all his secrets. Jesus knew all the pain he had endured and was still enduring. Jesus saw all the tears that flowed from his face. Jesus even cried with him. He saw everything. He saw the tears flow. Now this is where I began to and this is the portent of his size, of his stature. But I think that was much deeper. What do we have a lot that is going around in the schools? A lot of bullying. How many have experienced that? I said, how many know people that have experienced bullying? For the way they look, for any dumb reason that they can bully them for. I believe that's what happened to Zacchaeus. Growing up, they would make fun of him because he was short, they would ridicule him, they would call him names, just like in the times that we're living. Some children can be so cruel. Some adults can be cruel. But you know what? And as we've seen, that can lead to the child growing up with those experiences in his memory. They remember all of that. They keep it inside. It becomes a virus inside of them. They really never heal. They turn to drugs. They turn to any kind of addiction just to heal the hurt that they get experienced, to get, to find peace. And some, have we seen on the news, have we, have we heard, some get that thing in them that, that I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them what I can do. And they get the power. And they're going to, and they show them. And I believe Zacchaeus was one of those kids. He was so mocked. He was ridiculed. They said, you know what? I'm going to teach them a lesson. That's why he became a tax collector. To get back at the Jews. At those that were making fun of him. Those that ridiculed him. Because he had, now he had power 
over them. They couldn't do nothing to him. If they did, he called soldiers on them. And they would take care of them the way the Romans would. They would kill them. But the problem was that nothing could really fill that void. He did that, but he was still empty. But I'm telling you today that the only one that can fill those voids, the only thing that could cover that hurt, that can take the hurt, is nobody but Jesus. I said the only one that can do that is Jesus. Zacchaeus tried, but he didn't succeed. Then Jesus called him by his name. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house. And that made a difference. Now let me tell you tonight. You may be the one hiding in the tree. Maybe you're struggling with certain things in life. You found refuge in that tree. You're living a life that's not pleasing to the Lord. And you're not, you can't comprehend that even though you've done all that, that there is a God that will look upon you. Let's talk to you. Not to, a God that would call you by name. Sometimes we can't accept that God, he's not going to forgive me. I've done so much. Maybe you haven't lived a life worth, worthy of his calling. But tonight I have news for you. Jesus is standing in this place today. And he's calling your name. I said Jesus is standing in this place today. And he calls your name. Because there's, sometimes there's things in life that break you down, break your self-worth, break your, your self-esteem, abuse, physically, psychologically, emotionally. You're not enjoying life the way you're supposed to enjoy it. Things you've had to endure in life have hardened your heart towards everybody, including God. Maybe your family's not saved. And it makes such a difference. I'm telling you, he's calling your name tonight. And he knows your name. We have a God that just... He's everything to us. Because we find ourselves sometimes blaming God. We blame God for what is happening in our lives. Sometimes we feel that God has abandoned us, but he hasn't. He sees you. He sees what you're going through. He sees your pain, and he cries with you. He sees the tears going down your face, and he cries with you. And tonight, he's calling out your name. He's like, get out of that tree, because I want to come and stay at your house. God is calling your name. He wants that personal relationship with you. He just wants to fellowship with you. He wants to come in and eat with you. 
Because the scripture says that when he went, all of his household was saved. But that's all God, I, I just want to come in. I want to stay with you. Will you allow him to come into your life tonight? Won't you eat with him? Allow him to take you into his arms and comfort you. Some people are like Zacchaeus. All they want is just a glimpse of Jesus. I'm happy with the glimpse. But you know what? I'm here to tell you, Jesus wants more of you. He wants more of that. He goes, I want to come to stay at your house. I'm asking you, won't you get down from that tree and meet Jesus on a personal level? Because when Jesus calls our name, he not only shows that he knows where we are, Jesus knows who we are. Because when Jesus calls Zacchaeus' name, he immediately indicated to him that he knew who he was. So I, I, I just want you to imagine this. I don't know who you are a big fan of or who you admire. But let's just say that that person that you've always wanted to meet, that you admire, is coming to the outlets. They're going to be at the outlets. How many would go and see the person that they grew up admiring, whether it's, I don't know who it would be, and you would make a trip there. And you would see them. But what if they were to call your name out and say, they call you by name and say, I, I want to come to your house and, and stay. How would you feel? Somebody that you admired, never been introduced, but they say, you know what? They call you out by name. I'm going to, I want to stay at your house. What would you do? What would you think? You have never met the person. Neither been introduced. Yet, they know your name. And they want to come. You know what? First of all, you're going to be in shock. You're going to be stunned. How is it possible that somebody that I've always looked up to knows my name, calls my name, and wants to come to stay in my house? To know who I am. Ooh, we would rush home, throw everything under the bed and the couches, make it look clean, a 90-second spring cleaning. I'm pretty sure that's what Zacchaeus did. He came right down right away. And I'm pretty sure he had servants. He told them, go clean the house. Go prepare the food. Because Jesus is coming. He wanted to make sure that everything was perfect for the arrival of Jesus. He wanted to give Jesus the best impression of himself. After all, Jesus knew where he was. And more than that, Jesus knew who he was. The thing to understand is that we didn't call Jesus. He called us first. 
I said, he called us. He picked us. John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Ephesians 1, 4, even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself. How special are we? Picked us, his own in Christ. He called us first. And on that cross, he called out your name. I said on that cross, when he was hanging there, he called out your name. Because in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. How many you need a refreshing, an easing, a relieving? That's what he can do for you. All I have to do is answer his call and come. Zacchaeus was carrying a heavy load. And all it took was just to listen to Jesus' call. And he came down. I want to come and stay at your house. Isaiah 49, 16 says, Behold, I am doubly imprinted, tattooed a picture of you on the palms of, my, of each of my hands. Imagine that. Imagine him on the cross, those nails in his hands. Your name is on his palm. That's what the Bible says. It is imprinted in his palm. And as he stood out like that, he's calling your name and saying, look at this is how much I love you. This is how much I care for you. I've got your name imprinted on my palm. From before you were born, he knew you. When Jesus was nailed, your name was stamped. It was engraved. Engraved is permanent. When they engrave something, it stays there forever. That's how much he loved us. That's how much he loved you. He knows your name because he knows who you are. He knows who you are because your name is engraved in his palms. And he wants to come to your house tonight. Won't you consider letting him in? Won't you consider cleaning your house because he knows you. The king of king, the most important person ever knows you. Because you know what? Jesus sees potential in everybody. Because we have a purpose. So Zacchaeus means pure, righteous. But people didn't see that. They saw him as a cheater, as a thief. However, when he looked at him, he saw the real Zacchaeus. Because he knew who he was supposed to be, not who he was. He knew who he was supposed to be. Because Jesus doesn't see who we are. I said Jesus doesn't see who we are. He sees who we are supposed to be. Other people see who we portray, who we are. But Jesus said, uh, uh that's not you. I know who you're supposed to be. They can tell us all kinds of stuff, but Jesus said, no, that's not who you are. 
Because I know. Because I made you. I created everybody in this world with a purpose. He saw Zacchaeus as pure, as righteous. He saw potential in him. You are already called. You are already predestined. But the question is, will you listen and take your calling with everything that you have? The choice is yours. And sometimes, you know, the enemy can bully us too and put us down, bring our past up, and we go hiding in a tree. doesn't matter how many years we've been in the church. We can go hide in the tree and, and, and just, oh, I, I, I have enough of just seeing, just coming once a month and just seeing a little bit. But because of all the hurt, of all the ridicule, of the condemnation that the enemy puts in our, in our head. Heed the calling like Zacchaeus did. So when Jesus came to his house, he had a change of heart. For the first time, for the first time in his life, somebody saw him for who he really was. Jesus didn't see him as a thief, as a con man. That's not the way he saw him. For the first time, somebody ate with him, not because of what he had, not because of the power, the money, or the status, just because of who he was. So that was the moment that the, all that bullying, that abuse, whatever he had suffered, whatever he went through as a child, Whatever he went through, as a, that's when the void got filled. Jesus showed up and filled it. The only one that can take all pain. The only one that can take all hurt. You can try drugs. You can try alcohol. You can try whatever you want. But try Jesus. And everything will go away. And it says... You know what? Jesus was in his house and he repented and pledged to make things right. Not only to invite, but we, sometimes we've got to make things right. We've got to have faith. Totally. That's why I said you've got to give your everything. He was going to pay them back. He was going to give, restore whatever he had taken four times. Jesus is telling you right now that he knows where you're at and he knows who you are. He's telling you tonight that he knows the real you. He knows the person you are supposed to be. He's telling you tonight that you have a purpose to fulfill. I said you have a purpose to fulfill because he created you with a purpose. He has plans for you. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. He's calling your name tonight. Please get out of the tree because I want to come and stay at your house. Now Jesus knows that we are part of a family. 
Because if you see in verse 9, the last portion, he says, Since Zacchaeus too is real spiritual son of Abraham. It wasn't the lineage that brought the salvation, but it was his faith in God. I said it was his faith in God. The evidence of his public confession and everything that he promised to pay back. His repentance revealed his lineage. It didn't work the other way around. When he repented, it revealed who he was. That he was part of family. So Jesus saw him and said, hey, you are a child of Abraham. You are one of the people that is going to inherit of that covenant. He saw him as part of the family. But people will not see you like that. Some people won't. You're not part. But when, God, when Jesus takes over, he includes you in his family. Because when we repent of our sins, we're baptized in the name of Jesus. Then we reveal our family relationship. We become Christ-like. We take on his name. Then... Once we go out, we start revealing who our family is. Jesus confirms that you're part of his family. Once we're saved, we're part of his family. Because this has an impact on others. So when you come to repentance, you're baptized in the name of Jesus. You're, you're immediately put in the position of influence. With everybody else in your circle. So you can influence your friends. You can influence your co-workers. You can influence your family. And all those that you come in contact with. Your family relationship gives you that ability. Now that's what you call riches. I said, that's what you call riches right there. Amen. Second Corinthians says, for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales into God. Among those who are being saved, among those who are perishing. To the latter is an aroma from death to death. To the former is an aroma from life to life. And who is qualified for these things. Now let me tell you. When Jesus calls Zacchaeus' name, first of all, he showed him that he knew where he was. Second of all, he showed him he knew who he was. Third, he showed him that he had a purpose. Fourth, he showed him he was part of the family. And as I close tonight, the call is going out. To get out of the tree. Because he wants to come to your house and stay. He's calling you by name. He knows where you are. He knows where it hurts. He knows what you're going through. He knows what problems you have in your life. 
He knows the struggles you are going through. And he's calling you. He knows who you are. People can tell you who they think you are. And the world can tell you the same thing. Your family, friends, the same. They can tell you who they think you are. But you know what? It doesn't matter. All that matters is who Jesus knows you are. And by calling your name, he reveals to us that he knows who you are. The crowd, they thought they knew Zacchaeus. They knew Zacchaeus, the tax collector. They didn't know Zacchaeus, the pure, the righteous. But Jesus knew the real Zacchaeus. He knew Zacchaeus, the, the pure, the righteous. That's how he knew him. And that moment, Zacchaeus, his life changed forever. I'm here to tell you, God knows the real you. Do you? Do you know who you are? Will you let him reveal that to you tonight? Will he, he shows us that he has a purpose for us. He didn't create you just to create you. He created you with a purpose. He created you for, to do something for him. He wants you to find that purpose and follow it. It is that purpose that will bring blessings. He wants a relationship. He wants to come in and dine with you. Will you listen tonight? Of Jesus calling your name? Can you close your eyes tonight? Do you hear him calling your name? Because Zacchaeus was happy to say in his sinful life, to only catch a glimpse of Jesus passing by. That's all he was trying to do. But Jesus is not satisfied with that. He wants you to come down from the tree and allow him into your home, into your life. But he can only do this if you heed his call. If you listen to him, call your name. You know why he's calling your name? Do you know why the king of kings is calling your name tonight? Because he knows your name. Let's all stand. So when Zacchaeus did that and Jesus came to his house, his life changed forever. And today I tell you, no matter where you found yourself, if you've been saved, if you been, haven't been saved, if you're hiding in the tree, don't be satisfied with just a glimpse. Don't be satisfied with just a little saturation, a little Holy Ghost, a little. Say, God, you know what? I'm going to give you everything. Because he knows his name. We're so special. And it was so, as I listened to this song, I was like, God, 
here I am. Sometimes want people to know my name, who I admire. But the most important person in the world that came down, hung on the cross for me, he's called my name. Despite of what I've been through, I can just hear him call. And I, and I can just see. If you can see yourself having that person sit in your house, you sitting there just in awe, just looking at that person, you go, wow. Never would I have thought that they would be sitting in this house. On the chair, in my room, in my living room, in my house. And I can just see as Jesus walked out, Zacchaeus, because wherever Jesus went, he had a crowd with him. So I'm pretty sure the crowd was out there. So what, I can just see Jesus walking and say, and Zacchaeus just seeing the crowd as he opened the door. He just, he knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. And he's just telling the crowd. And oh, how he walks with me. Yes, oh, how he talks with me. And oh, how he tells me that I am his own. He knows my name. I don't know. But are you glad that he knows your name? And I open this altar tonight and say, God, he's somebody that will talk to you no matter what. Somebody that will walk with you. He knows my name. After that, Zacchaeus was blessed beyond he measure. Knows my name. But I ask you tonight, you know what? He knows my Not only that, but if you find yourself alone, he knows just know that he knows you by name. Can you just raise your hands where you're at? He will talk with you. He will walk with you through the valley of death. Whatever situation you'll find yourself. He says, you're my own. You're my own. You know my name. You know my name. You know my name. You know my name. Oh, how he comforts. When you're hurting, he's going to be your comforter. Oh, how 
When you need advice, he's going to counsel you. He's like, come on, friend. You're my friend. I'm here for you. I am. I am your friend. Oh, how you come for me. Oh, how you come for me. And oh, how you Can you find somebody? Can you pray with them? Can you put your arm around them and say, here? He knows us by name. We can start building those relationships on a personal level with God. When you wake up in the middle of the night and can't sleep, you can talk to him just like you talk to anybody else. He will listen. He will counsel. Oh, how he walks. Oh, how he Now, before you leave, what was very interesting as I listened to this song, because he knows your name, because he's your friend, there is no fire that you cannot go through. The fire will not burn you because he will be with you. There's no battle. That you will lose because he's there. There's no mountain high that you won't be able to climb. Because that's who he is and he knows your name. All we got to do is just walk in victory. Because his power is within us. Let me tell you this, no giant, I said no giant can defeat me. You know why? Because when I'm gone, he has me by the hand. He's like, I'm your friend. I'm with you all the way. 
Don't worry about that giant that comes into your life, into your family's life. I'm right here. I'm holding your hand. We're walking in victory. And that's the way he is once he knows you. And I remind you once again, you find yourself in any situation, there is somebody you can turn to. And he's holding your hand all the way through. And let me tell you, if you find yourself in a situation where the enemy or somebody has put you in, and you back off, and you say, I, I, I'm comfortable just seeing Jesus from afar. Remember, we're all one family. I said, remember, we're all part of the family. We encourage one another. We build relationships. That's why we need to fellowship one another. Because he knows your name. I thank you all for your time. May God bless you. May you have a prosperous week. And just be faithful. Trust in God. Y'all are dismissed. God bless you.